HBCU Pulse Radio yeah. on Sirius XM Channel 142 HBCU. You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today, where I'm going to air an exclusive 2021 interview with Howard University alumna Cody Oliver, who's the CEO of Black Love, Inc., a media company centered around highlighting stories about black love and building community and conversation around healthy relationships at every stage of life. And Cody is also the producer of the hit own series black love i'm sure you've seen it and if you haven't i need you to go to hulu or prime video right now and type in black love and check it out you can also see some videos for free on youtube thanks to own they put some of the episodes up black love is an amazing series and i had the opportunity to speak with miss cody oliver in november 2021 when black love ran a marketing campaign titled hashtag hbcu love that highlighted couples and friends from hbcus in collaboration with Target and how they highlighted them is that Black Love hired HBCU grads to direct 90 second shorts that spotlighted love in different spectrums that came from HBCUs and when I say different spectrums it's not just boyfriend and girlfriend husband wife it's not just that it's also talking about love in regards to friendships and Cody even produced a short about her friendship with her homegirl that she met at Howard and how their friendship has evolved since they've graduated. We graduated college, you went to New York, and shortly thereafter, I went to L.A. I used to get up every day in L.A. at 6 a.m. just so I could be anywhere close to on the same time zone. No, I did not know that! Are you serious? (laughs) We have had a long-distance relationship for like 15 years, but we were making decisions that were right for our lives, that created growth for us as individuals, but it never changed our relationship. And Howard gave me my best friends. They gave me my family. My interview with Cody was one of my favorites because it really opened up my eyes a bit because I think in this society, we look at love as just romantic relationships and not the love we give to family and friends and the bonds that we create in platonic relationships. So it was such an amazing interview. It was a very mature, grown-up interview. I love the vibe and I love the energy, and I'm so excited to play this on HBCU Pulse Radio, especially spotlighting an alum of Howard University as we're airing this on Sirius XM Channel 142, HBCU, operated by Howard University. Make sure to follow HBCU Pulse on instagram and youtube at hbcu pulse twitter and tiktok the hbcu pulse make sure to subscribe to hbcu pulse radio on apple podcast spotify iHeartRadio, odyssey wherever you get your podcast and of course if you want to donate to hbcu pulse you can cash up us at dollar sign hbcu pulse or go to paypal.me slash hbcu pulse any amount is appreciated all right coming up next is my interview with miss cody oliver a howard university alumna and ceo of black love Inc. HBCU. They know just who we are. Post Radio. 
Hey, how you doing? How how are you, Randall? I'm great. I'm great. Listen, I think that this interview, like I was saying before, is very needed with everything that's going on in the world. We need black love. We need positivity. We need black girl magic. So I'm definitely glad to have you on. So first and foremost, could you please introduce yourself? So I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. My husband and I created the Black Love docuseries, and, which airs on OWN. And we then launched Black Love Inc., a media company that sells celebrates 360 degrees of black love. So as you said, you know, that's friendship, sisterhood, brotherhood, self-love, dating, partnership, uh, love of our, our amazing black community and, and mental, physical wellness. It's all about us being the best versions of ourselves. Yes, and I was saying I was saying this before. Like we're not talking about the bay, the boo. We're talking about three sixty degrees of black love. So yeah. I want to start, you know, with just the campaign in general, right? So you have the hashtag HBC Love campaign that's sponsored by Target. So tell us about mm -hmm. how that came about. Sure. Oh man. First off, as a as a mom of three, uh, three little boys, I'm a I'm a big fan of Target. Okay, and I also love the fact that last year, pre COVID, I walk in in February and I see all of this beautiful like uh, apparel, right? I don't know if y'all saw all of our um, historical figures on t-shirts and just all of this beautiful stuff. And then I learned that this is a year round thing for them. This wasn't just February. I walked in February and saw it, but realizing how they elevate and support uh, black owned businesses and black entrepreneurs. And I don't know if y'all are familiar with Black Beyond Measure, but it's a, you know, they have a whole site dedicated to their black owned products. So we've developed a relationship with them over the last year or so, Black Love has. And they came to us and said, we want to celebrate HBCUs. And the bonds formed at HBCUs. And you know who we are, Black Love. So our take on that is to celebrate love stories born at HBCUs. My whole family went to Howard. There's a few love stories in there. My parents are one of them. And I decided, because we celebrate 360 degrees of Black love on our platform, that it was really important to make sure it wasn't just romantic love that we were showing in this series. You know, to your point, friendships. We've got legacy stories. We actually have two sisters who went to Bennett College, whose great aunt was the first in their family to go to college, and she attended Bennett. So when I found that story, I'm like, yes, we have to share these beautiful stories of our legacy and how HBCUs have been there for us as a people, have educated our community for the last 150 years plus when nobody else would, right? The opportunities that we have today, that you and I have today, whether, I mean, obviously you went to HBCU, so did I, but the opportunity that all of us as Black people have today is really born out of the fact that our ancestors were able to attend HBCUs. Like if you went to Harvard, that's because somebody <laughs> somewhere went to HBCU. So that's my two cents on it. And it was important to celebrate those love stories that really define our community. And I think you said something very key is that the reason why you're going to Howard and a lot of these other Ivy League and other predominantly white institutions is because of HBCUs and what our ancestors did in those years, because those schools weren't open to us and HBCUs right. are for us and they're continuously for us. So I think that's an amazing point. But you not only can I just say they weren't your to your point, they weren't open to us, but those that were, it wasn't a it wasn't a welcoming environment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a safe space. And unfortunately, we're back to a place where it's not a safe space, right? Like not to say every um, every experience at a, at a predominantly white institution is bad. It just means that the community is different. It means that you show up to school the day after our black community experiences a, a nationwide tragedy. And you might not have people who understand why you in a bad mood. You know, at, at an HBCU, that's not the case. 
right? We're, we're experiencing those wins and those losses together. Exactly. And you went to the Mecca, you went to what they call the black Ivy League. You went to Howard university. And I want to just, I want to spotlight this, right? So like I was looking at Forbes and like, you are just doing it up and you just, you know, you and your husband and the black love media organization, the highest rated unscripted show in own history. Wait a minute. <laughs> Whoa. All right. On own. All right. So it's like, you're doing this, but you started at Howard university. And you know, that's something I'm interested in because I went to Fort Valley state university. As you, as you see, we have, we have our media organization and we're growing it. So I want you just to talk to us about how you started. Like, you know, what was your experience at Howard university? Like, yeah. Um, well, first off, my whole family went to Howard. Now that doesn't mean I didn't have options. My older sister went to Hampton. So I knew that, you know, I had options, but I picked Howard. I definitely felt I'd been in uh, predominantly white schools my whole life. And I knew that I wanted that experience. And I said, if I'm gonna have it, I'm gonna go to the best. You know what I'm saying? But it was important to me. And I had spent a lot of time there growing up. So it felt like home, period, point blank. It felt like home. And I would say, you know, because Howard sort of runs through my veins, it wasn't like I went there and I was like, this is revolutionary. It was more like I'm home. I am in this space that fulfills me. And when I look back as a grown up, you know, and I and I recognize what it gave me. I think a big part of that is deeper pride in who I am and my community, a deeper understanding. Right. Because in at HBCUs, we are learning our history for real. Right. Not our history the way they told us we were learning it <laughs> wherever we, we went to high school. And, you know, but we're learning about our black figures and our stories. And it just instills a sense of pride and confidence and the network of family that we grow within our HBCUs is lifelong in a way that it's not at other institutions. And actually one of our couples from the HBCU love stories made a comment about their relationship being able to develop because they didn't have the the barriers or the drama or the trauma of being at a predominantly white institution. They were allowed to just flourish as a couple in a in a safe space. And I think that's a big part of why how these schools give pour into us so much and so well. But yeah, so that was my Howard experience. And as you played, I met my best friends at Howard. So there's actually a, a little group of us. And one of us was like, I don't want to be in the video. So <laughs> we talked around her, love her. But, um, but Sean and my good friend, Brooke, who we met, we all met around the same time. We live out here in LA. And, um, and sh you know, Shawnee is my bestie. And as I mentioned in that video, we went through New York, Dubai, Seattle, L.A. So we've had a long distance relationship for uh, more than 15 years. And now she's here in L.A. and all is right with the world. <laughs> wow. Like, listen, you are living the dream of all the students. <laughs> Dubai, L.A., y'all are traveling. That was her. That was her in Dubai. Okay, oh, I'm sorry, I'm okay. sitting here in L.A. Yes, yes. You, you can do it, too. You own the, <laughs> the highest rate of this series. You can do it, too. I know you can. Uh, but I think yeah. that, you know, that is amazing because, like, you know, you're showing a different side. You know, when, yeah. when you think of love, you know, you think of love in the sense of, like, you know, you know, the relationship angle, you think of, you know, people <laughs> being together, but you don't think about, you know, the friendship part of it. So yeah. when you were creating the Black Love organization, was that the spin that you wanted to put on it? Absolutely. Always. I, I knew before I met my husband and then ultimately we had the same idea in terms of what we wanted Black Love to be, that I wanted to create a place where Black Love stories live. And that was certainly from a romantic standpoint, but also where we could see ourselves in happy, healthy relationships. 
And we've while while creating the docu series and interviewing all the couples, something that's very obvious now is that when we come into these partnerships with the with the one, right? We are the sum of all of our other relationship and relationship experiences. Right. We are looking at uh, consciously and unconsciously how our parents treated each other, how our parents treated us, the the their failures and their and their wins and and our friendships, right? How are you interacting with the people you say you love, right? And the people who love you, not always in healthy ways. And so we have to recognize and observe like how we are showing up for the people that we love because that's what's going to play into our romantic relationships. That's what's going to show up when we're in a fight and we're calling somebody out their name because that's what we're used that's the defense mechanism that we're used to using and that maybe our best friend put up with but Bay is not going to, you know, or vice versa. So it was always important to talk about relationships and forgiveness and what true support and commitment looks like because you're committed to the people you call your boys right like you're gonna show up for them so when you get into these romantic relationships it's not that different you know so it was always important that's the short that was a long way of saying it was always important to see that perspective no i get it and, and i want to ask you this um because you know one thing that i say and I don't disrespect, you know, the the individuals I met at Fort Valley, like that were amazing that I'm still close with. But when I look at the the college story and the black mm-hmm. love story, and I went back to homecoming and I see, you know, the folks that are in Greek organizations together and the folks that were on the yard together and I'm there with my family and I'm just sitting there watching the game. It's a blowout where we're beating Clark Atlanta. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here watching the game, eating my Chick-fil-A. They over there dapping up the camaraderie. And I was a prominent student leader on campus, but I didn't have that. And one thing that <laughs> stuck out to me that someone told me when I was at Fort Valley, they said that you don't get this sense of community at any other point in time in your life where you're yeah. around thousands of people that are 21, 22, 18, 19, that are going through the same things as you are, and they're intelligent. They're just as on point as you. So with you having that community of friends that you gathered at Howard University, like, did you feel that once you were graduating? It's funny. I had to think about it only because you said once you were graduating, and I was thinking about in that moment. And so (laughs) graduation was an interesting time for me because I decided to travel much to my uh, father in particular was like, uh, people get jobs after college. (laughs) So I was like, when I graduated, it was interesting. Um, But I would say from the time, you know, since I graduated, absolutely. Right. Like my network, I've always felt secure in my Howard network. I've always felt secure that at any company, at any new school, because I went to USC for grad school, in any new environment, I'm going to find somehow or somebody, you know? And so absolutely that camaraderie and that community built, not just built at the HBCU, because at the end of the day, you don't meet everybody. But but that unspoken connection that you have later is is invaluable. And so, yeah, absolutely. I felt that since the day I got there and for sure since the day I left. So I want to ask you about the business front. I'm just I'm always thinking about the business aspect and just looking mm-hmm. through, you know, like, you know, realizing that, you know, when I was doing my research, you know, that you were behind. Of course, it should have been obvious. Black love, black love. And it should have been obvious. I, you know, some, sometimes, <laughs> I got, sometimes I got to reboot my brain sometimes. Like, no, no, these are two same things. But like, you know, you've gone, you know, just so far within your journey and you've created ownership. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I just look at, you know, what you said. And then I was really looking at the Forbes article. You said as a black woman, you knew that you wanted to have a family, yet in the media and entertainment, it felt like we were being portrayed as anything but happy, loving mothers and fathers and husbands and wives. So I think that love also is being mindful and being mindful of what you say and also what you're portraying. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, what what did you think your responsibility was in really crafting this organization and really pitching these projects to different media organizations that shows positivity? So my responsibility is twofold, right? It is to show us what's possible, right? To show us happy, helping, happy, healthy relationships in all their forms and to capture that and literally present it. And that's both for us, right? So we can see like, oh, I can I can forgive this person for that or oh I can I know how to end a toxic relationship or or I didn't even know this relationship was toxic like recognizing how to show up for ourselves with love how to show up for ourselves from a place of love right and showing the world that we are out here as happy healthy husbands and fathers and wives and mothers and and friends and sisters and all the things because the the world or at least white america has historically not seen us as human so to show us as human doing those, you know, mundane things like, you know, loving one another, driving our kids to school, uh, whatever, having cookouts, like to me was very important. And the other part of that is to also give us the the tools for the healthy relationships. And by doing that, we don't have a bunch of experts out here saying this is the way to do X, Y, and Z. We try to show real people sharing their real experiences so that each of us watching can see can feel seen right like oh you know we put up a clip yesterday from the black love summit with the husbands it was a husband's panel and we always just kind of let them flow right it's like a husband's panel wise panel we talk about whatever's on their mind and major no tommy my husband brought up like the first year of marriage is the hardest and major's like oh my god thank god someone said it right (laughs) who's in his first year his first year just ended um so they're going to their second and that feeling of like oh, it's hard. It's not just me. It's hard. It's really important because otherwise you're suffering in silence and you're suffering without answers and without community. And, um, and so that's, that's why we do all of the things that we do to really give us an opportunity to feel seen and to talk through difficult things. Because the other thing is historically, not just black people, most people have it. We ain't out here talking about, our, our grandparents aren't out here talking about their relationships. They're just going through it. And then we all are like, they've made it 70 years. That's amazing. Well, you don't know what they put up with. Right. You don't know what they didn't talk about or what they did and said, we're never going to, we're never going to bring this up again. So our commitment has been to transparency, right? If we can't have, uh, transparent, candid conversations that are that are about the truth of relationships, then we're not successful. And that's one thing that when it comes to hearing about the old school, I get tired of them. Back in my day, things were so different. But yeah. we've grown as a society. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, things are different. Like, the way that we carry ourselves is different. And I even think that, yeah. you know, even within Black love, I think that we're not being mindful of ourselves and loving ourselves to love somebody else. Because mm-hmm. we're looking at social media, we're comparing ourselves. And then, you know, we, we look at our, our partner or our, even our friends and we're yep. at a point where we're like, hey, we don't have what they have. We don't have yep. what the person on social media has. So that's really the change that, that, that I see to me. But I think yeah. it's what you're doing is so important because you're showing that it's a different way. You're showing this another way to love and have compassion. So yeah. with, you know, the series on OWN, so, like, mm-hmm. how has it been now having that series and it being, you know, the highest rated reality unscripted series on the network? How has it been? Have you felt and seen that impact? Um, you know, it's funny. Erica, can't, so we just had the Black Love Summit on Saturday. So all my stories right now are Black Love Summit stories or HBCU love stories because I've been inundated with both of them. Erica Campbell made a comment on Saturday about how she was reading 
that there has been a 70% increase in uh, marriages in the Black community over the last five years. I don't know where she read it, okay? So don't, you know, don't y'all don't quote me. But she looked at me and she said, um, I think y'all had something to do with that. Now, I'm not claiming it, you know, I'm just, I'm saying she said it, right? <laughs> my, my point, though, is that I, A, hope that that's true. Um, but B, a lot of people have come to us and shared their personal stories of leaving a relationship, of finding hope after a relationship ended, thanks to our show, um, of of understanding better how to approach their partner, or even using Black love as like therapy, right? My, my person won't go to therapy, but we'll, we'll sit down together and we'll watch Black love and then we'll talk about what the couples are going through. Um, and that is amazing. That warms my heart. That's all I want in the world. I mean, I look at our growth as a brand, right? The, the Our socials, you know, we're almost at a million followers. Like, thank God. Like, I look at our growth as a brand. We have the Black Love Podcast Network. We have the Black Love um, Plus app where all of our content lives. You can watch every episode of Black Love, um, all five seasons. And I look at that as a testament to our community saying, we want to have these conversations. We want to feel seen. We want to have better relationships. You know, we try to we try to entertain in the process, yeah. right? Um, but we're never going to be salacious. We're always going to tell people stories from an authentic place in their own words, and that that just is really important to me. And I'm and I'm grateful to see that that change. Not that I'm not suggesting we inspired it, but I'm grateful to see this change over the last several years of us being more vulnerable. I'm a huge fan of the I Am Athlete podcast. I'm a huge fan of seeing these men in this historically macho sport, right, sit down and speak vulnerably about parenthood, partnerships, mental health, and stuff like that. When I see it, just like, it's what we need. It's what we need. So, yeah. so I have to sort of segue back to the business. How are you able in a world where people feel as if salaciousness is the way to go? Like how are you able to build such an empire, such a brand, being authentic and showing positivity? You know, I first off, I think authenticity is the way to success. I, I'm like, I'm, I said it, and I'm like, I think that's what I mean. I think so too. <laughs> um, I do. I, I think. I think for a couple of reasons. I think because, and I think the reason I'm butting up against what I'm saying is maybe that's not the case for everybody, right? So I deeply feel that's the case because I and my husband want to make things that we're proud of. We want to honor people who share their stories. And I think that it, for me, it comes from a place of knowing what I need, knowing that I deeply enjoy and appreciate hearing people share difficult things that they've been through and how they got through it. And our, our whole premise from the beginning of the show was we wanted to do just that. And if it could help us, it probably could help someone else. And I think that... I think, yes, we've been told, you know, to, to, to be more salacious or like, what's the big takeaway this season? And it's like, you know, there's themes and stuff that emerge from our series and from our projects, but it's not like there's a big reveal where somebody, you know, was like, I did this in my relationship. There's just not. There's, there's the depth of how people have navigated life's ups and downs in partnership, which is a pretty much a universal desire to, to have partnership. And so that authenticity, I think, has been a driver and then seeking out partners who appreciate that. Like, OWN was my first choice for Black love. It always was because of what Oprah stood for, 
She stood for sharing her own vulnerability as a means of reaching people. And it was successful because people were like, oh, we've never seen somebody talk about their weight like that. We've never seen somebody talk about their traumatic childhood like that. And and it connected with people because we've all been through stuff. I really appreciate you for coming on. I want to ask you, you know, before I let you go. Um, you know, what are some, some things you have coming up and how can we support you and the organization? Sure. So as far as supporting me in the organization, the first thing y'all can do is go on over to the Black Love IG right after this ends and watch our HBCU love stories. Or you can watch them at blacklove.com slash HBCU love. Blacklove.com slash HBCU love. So that would be amazing to just check out those stories. There's eight of them in total and they're less than two minutes. So y'all can do this. I absolutely should big up Black Love because we always have something going on. So just follow our social. But what's on my heart right now to share and part of part of the conversation that we're having here, my husband just did a documentary on Juice World. It's a beautiful film that actually premiered last week at AFI Film Festival, won the Audience Award. Juice World, Jared, his mother was there, and we're honored that she actually is very happy with what my husband did. And so any Juice World fans, frankly, any Black people who love Black people, um, because I see this story as a story about a Black boy, right? Uh, I mean, I, as a mom, I look at him as a baby. Um, and so anyway, Juice World, Into the Abyss, HBO, uh, December 16th. Please check it out because it's really beautiful. And then follow all of Black Love's channels because we always have something going on, Randall. Always. I can see. <laughs> oh, listen, I can see like just everything. I, I mean, I'm loving it. And I appreciate you just for, for coming on and, you know, talking about what you have going on with Target and then just sharing positivity. Because like I said, you know, this was, you know, we, we didn't know what would happen in the world. You know, mm -hmm. at this point, we scheduled this before that. But I think that just the positivity and just the showing of love in this different fashion, that's needed. So I really appreciate you. And I, and I need everyone to go watch the HBCU Love series and share it. That's another thing, too. Share it. Share it. That's right. It's two minutes. So I mean, it's not like you're sharing a movie. You know, like it's two minutes. <laughs> go share it. It is amazing, beautifully yeah. shot, and it's a lot of great stories. So thank you so much for coming on. And I definitely hope, you know, we can connect more and speak again. All right. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it anytime. Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.